At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job. Nice Job is reputation marketing software that can help you grow your service business. Nice Job's automated tools will help you collect two to three times more reviews and then share those reviews where it matters most. Using social proof and a high converting website, you can be the top rated in your field. New signups can get $50 off when they mention the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Visit get.nicejob.com for more information. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group, and I just want to say that my pal Shane Williams from AC Tool Source, who's a Yellow Jacket rep, does a fantastic job going in and setting up these Yellow Jacket walls in all the Master Group locations, because when you walk in, it's just a big wall of Yellow Jacket stuff, fittings, tools, knickknacks, things that you didn't even know existed that could be useful in your day-to-day. So when you head into The Master Group, check out the Yellow Jacket wall of tools and fittings and that. If you don't have a master group in your area, if you're in the U.S. or whatever, I mean, still check out the Yellow Jacket stuff available in your supplier because they got a lot of stuff that you probably didn't even know existed and can help you on your job. So I sit down, second interview, owner of the company looks at me and says, what causes an evaporator to freeze? Well... I'd been to school a couple of years actually, got some theory and some basic knowledge, but I had no real idea what caused an evaporator to freeze up. We're going to talk about that on this podcast, so pay attention. Listen up, guys. We might learn something. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Okay, before we talk about the reasons or the issues within a system that can cause an evaporator to freeze, we need to talk about why it freezes in the first place. And I think that you guys got to understand that no matter what the issue is, what is happening in the evaporator is always the same. If it's freezing, it's always the same thing going on inside the evaporator, no matter what the issue is. And I think we need to, we need to tackle that. So for instance, here we have 410A, I'm looking at a PT chart, 118 uh, PSI corresponds to a 40 degree evaporator. So 118 and 40 degrees, 118 PSI and 40 degrees. That, that's, that's our saturated conditions. And then on top of that, we'd have some superheat. So let's say we had 10 degrees superheat. Let's say we had a 50 degree suction line. All right. Now, the reason an evaporator freezes is because the pressure for whatever reason has dipped down below the freezing mark. 
when it dips down below the freezing mark the the surface of the evaporator if it's below freezing any moisture in the air that is traveling past it is going to get caught okay because because that evaporator is below freezing the moisture that gets caught will start to freeze all right and that frozen evaporator or, or that, that evaporator below freezing, once it catches that moisture and it starts to freeze, every single water droplet from there on in is going to collect and build and build and build and build. So basically, a frozen evaporator is because the pressure in the evaporator has got to the point where the corresponding temperature is below freezing and any moisture traveling by will get caught and freeze to the coil because, hey, it, it, think about it outside. If... Um, if, if the sidewalk is below freezing and rain hits it, the rain is going to freeze to the sidewalk, right? That's, that's just the, the, the way it goes. So any, any moisture moving by the evaporator, if the evaporator is below freezing, any moisture is going to stick to it and freeze. And if you don't rectify the issue or if the, rect if, or if the issue isn't rectified um, soon, what, what's going to happen is that moisture is just going to keep building and building and building and it will build to the point where it'll be a big ball of ice that ice will start traveling up the suction line uh, back to the condensing unit and eventually the whole entire compressor will be covered in ice if it if this if this situation is not caught and it's not rectified so that is why an evaporator freezes because our pressure has dropped our temperature has dropped and any water that hits that surface is going to freeze it's going to create that snowball effect and it's going to keep continuing to snowball out until the problem is rectified. Something that you have to keep in mind. Okay, I had a coworker walk up to a, a minus, it was like minus uh, 20 or minus 30 degrees Celsius freezer and was going, oh, the, the, the suction lines are frozen. There's something going on here. Well, you guys have to understand in a freezer, the evaporator will freeze up because that coil has to be below freezing in order to get the box temperature to what it needs to be. If it's in, if it's in the negatives, right? Um, negative Celsius and Fahrenheit, you can have a, a temperature that's in the positives that, that is below freezing, but that, that is normal in a freezer. That's why we run defrost cycles in a freezer because that ice builds up and every once in a while, every four hours, usually, uh, let's say, or every six hours, usually like four times a day, we'll run the defrost cycle to rid of that ice. So it's normal in a freezer. It's not normal in air conditioning. And let's go talk about the reasons what will cause the evaporator pressure and temperature to drop causing that freezing in the system okay let's talk about the first situation that will cause your evaporator pressure and temperature to drop causing it to freeze well lack of airflow will do it lack of air across the coil like if you turn your fan off you have no airflow that that pressure and corresponding temperature is going to plummet so airflow will do it what, what are some things that will cause a lack of airflow? Well, we just said the fan being off. So like if you have a dead fan motor or maybe a bad connection or a bad relay not causing the fan to start. All right. So we need our fan running and we need it running in the right direction. A lot of fans uh, can, I've seen fans going in the wrong direction. Okay. And, and it looks like it's running and it looks like everything's fine. You look at the pressures and you're going, something, something's weird here. Uh, but when you look at the fan closer, this is, this is one of the things I do when I'm troubleshooting is I make sure the fan is running and I make sure it's running the, in the right, the right direction, Sh shut it off, shut the system down 
And when the fan slows, make sure it's running in the right direction. Because if it's not, it's not going to move the right amount of air, right? So the fan running and the fan running in the right uh, direction is, is key. Now, what are some other factors that will cause it? So a dirty filter. If the filter's uh, starting to plug up, starting to get uh, debris and, and it's starting to load, then yes, that will cause your airflow to be reduced as well. Same as a dirty coil, dirty evaporator coil. All right. And for those working on uh, high efficiency furnaces that are in line with the evaporator coil, a lot of times those secondary heat exchangers get plugged up. All right. So the filter, it's usually like the filter, then it's the the, the fan, then it's the secondary heat exchanger, then it's the, the, the coil for the air conditioner. In my experience, that, that is the route. So that's why it's important to check these things and keep them clean. Now, if the blower wheel itself, the fins on the blower wheel itself are, are soiled and they can't scoop the air properly, that will also cause it. So you got to look for a cleanliness of the blower wheel as well. And if you got to take it out and clean it, keep in mind that clean the thing and clean it properly because if you leave dirt caked on one of the blades for example and you don't notice it it will cause the fan to run unbalanced okay so we got to we got to look at airflow um a lack of return will do it return air like if somebody shoved a big huge desk up against the return grill uh diffusers on the supply side being shut down because I've walked into many office buildings and seen um, diffusers, like people have covered them up with like cardboard and tape all over the office because they're cold. So that's going to cause a real restriction on airflow. And if the, the restriction is large enough, it will cause the evaporator pressure and temperature to drop, causing it to freeze. So airflow is number one, guys. Check airflow, check your filters, check your coils, check your, your return, check your your cleanliness of your wheel, check your supply, make sure the diffusers are all open and, and there's no restrictions in the duct, the duct system at all to cause a reduction in airflow. All right, guys, so I got on the horn. Cool interview with Brian Johnson from Blue On. What we talked about was tech support calls. His calls that he's taken within within blue on and calls that i have taken within my own company to help junior techs um even myself and and whatnot through the years like even myself calling tech support from manufacturers and whatnot so we have this conversation it's about an hour long hopefully it'll be a youtube video too because it was a video recording and listen if you guys need tech support and you can't get through the oem the manufacturer give blue on a shout through their app you got to download their app first and then you call them through the app. There's 20 technicians uh, that work for Blue On that are there just to answer phones for tech support, which is incredible, which is unbelievable. They got a form, they got a, um, manuals, they, they got a bunch of stuff on their app. So check it out. Um, off the top, you hear the, the Smart Seal ad. Now, this product I've been testing for almost four years now. Very, very good results. Hasn't killed a compressor, hasn't clogged the TX valve. I understand the I understand the hate towards these types of products because in the past, the formulations were uh, polymer based, which were reactive to air and moisture, hardened up, caused issues. This formulation is oil based, does not react. It's mechanical action it seals by, it doesn't react with air and air or moisture. All right, and it hasn't clogged the TX, hasn't killed the compressor, and I've had it in 
multiple systems and different applications. The most recent one was a Liebert unit pinhole leak. The black light revealed a tiny, tiny leak in the evaporator, and also my Testo 316-3 revealed it as well by sticking it up in that same area. Put smart seal in, charge it up, two, three months later, put my, my leak detector back in the same spot and it was not registering anything. So if you're looking to keep uh, an evaporator with a bunch of pinholes in it going for a bit until replacement or something along those lines, please check it out because it's a very valid product and a very valid customer option to keep them up and running. Um, all of the, the cool air product stuff, or most of it anyway, is available at True Tech Tools. And a bunch of stuff is available at True Tech Tools under promo code Know It All to save yourself 8%. Fluke, Fleer, and the Hick Micro, uh, the thermal imager, um, is not under that 8%. But a bunch of other stuff is. So check out True Tech Tools and save 8% with promo code Know It All. So the other way that an evaporator pressure and temperature will drop is due to restriction in the system on the liquid line is where you're going to see like 99.9% of this happen. And the first one we can talk about here is a filter dryer. Now, if you have a filter dryer restriction, you're going to see a temperature difference across it. Now, rule of thumb in the past is like if it gets to two degrees Fahrenheit across it, like, I mean on the inlet and outlet. If there's two degrees deviation between those two readings, that dryer has been compromised and rule of thumb is to change it. A lot of times you can feel this with your hands, okay? If the dryer is plugged that bad, you can put your hand on the inlet and outlet and feel a big difference. Um, especially if you're having issues with the system, that is the first place I would check is the filter dryer. Now, the metering device is the other place where it can happen. It can happen with an orifice if it gets plugged up. It can happen with a TX valve if it's not functioning properly or if there's a screen in there that's plugged up. Um, both of these things will cause a, a reduction in liquid, subcooled liquid, getting through the devices into the evaporator. So basically we're going to starve the evaporator with refrigerant. When we starve it with refrigerant, we are dropping the, uh, we're dropping the pressure and temperature relationship we drop it below freezing, guess what? As we talked about in the beginning, we are going to freeze water on that coil and it's going to start to snowball. Now, um, if you want to troubleshoot, so actually let, let me say this first, uh, a plugged metering device or a plugged up dryer, the system will act as if it's pumping down in a lot of cases. And if, if you don't know what a pump down is, it's basically, um, if you have a solenoid in the system, the solenoid valve closes on the liquid line. The compressor continues to run, removes all the refrigerant, or not all, but removes the starts to remove the refrigerant from the, the low side of the system, pumps it into the condenser, and then it shuts down on low pressure. That's how a pump-down system works. Now, if you have a system that has a restriction, it will, it will mimic a pump-down, right? Because that's what a pump-down is. A solenoid closes, that's a restriction in the system. So it will mimic a pump down by dropping your low side pressure and pumping all the gas into the high side. And if the condenser is big enough or a condenser slash receiver combo is big enough to hold all the charge, your high side will also drop off too. If you watch a pump down happen, the low side drops off and the high start side starts to drop off at the same time because all of that refrigerant is being stored 
in the condenser or condenser slash receiver, the condenser fan continues to run and continues to cool the refrigerant in there. And that's why that pressure drops off. Okay. So if you want to, if you want to see if you have a restriction, your superheat and subcooling will tell you that, um, very, very quickly because you are stacking liquid up because you have a restriction that that liquid is being stacked up in the condenser because it can't get out as fast as it should be. You're going to have a lot of subcooling for one, a lot of subcooling. Now on your, on your low side, because you're starving your evaporator, you're going to boil off what's ever in there very quick. Um, probably in the first bit of the evaporator and the rest of it is going to be superheat all the way through. You're going to add, um, heat to that saturation, saturation point, And you're going to have way more superheat. So you're going to have really high subcooling and you're going to have really high superheat if you have a restriction in the system. And that in a lot of cases is going to cause an evaporator to freeze up if the restriction is, is, um, is big enough to do so. So that's, that's airflow. That's refrigerant restriction, usually on, on the liquid line itself, metering device or filter dryer. And I've given you a couple ways that you can kind of diagnose those. So let's move on to another one. Okay, so let's talk about this last one. And these three pretty much cover cover evaporator freeze-ups, really. Um, low charge is a classic, classic scenario that can cause an evaporator to freeze. And, and I said off the top, all of the things we're going to talk about all cause the same result inside the evaporator. Low pressure, low temperature. Uh, no airflow or low airflow or lack of airflow causes low pressure, low temperature, liquid line restriction causes low pressure, low temperature, low charge. You don't have enough refrigerant in the system. Of course, you're not going to have enough pressure in the evaporator. It's going to be lower than, than what it is. So you have to determine what these things are and low charge. If you're just looking at your gauges and you're looking at the pressure and saturated temperature conditions, low charge looks the same as a liquid line restriction. They, they look similar to each other. You need to check your superheat and your subcooling to determine the difference. And this is where I get a little bit frustrated when people message me or call me up and say, uh, what do you think's going on here? I'm like, well, well, where's the rest of your information? We cannot decipher what's happening here without all of this info. All right. So I'll tell you right now, it's different. <clears throat> Liquid line restriction has different superheat and subcooling readings than a low charge would have. Low charge, okay, your your subcooling is going to drop off. You're not going to have a lot of it, okay? And because you're starving the evaporator, any, any refrigerant that gets in there is going to boil off real quick. And the majority of that evaporator is probably going to be superheat the rest of the way. So you're going to have high superheat. Your superheat's going to be like high higher than normal could be could could be skyrocket skyrocketed depending on how low the charge is but you're going to have low subcooling because you don't have enough refrigerant in there to stack that liquid up okay and then on the other side of that you are going to have high superheat so that's how you determine that you have a low charge in the system okay now a lot of a lot of techs say yeah just slam a little bit of gas in there to see what happens like throw in like a, a few ounces to see if, if you're getting any, any different sort of readings or whatever. Now I, I have done that in the past. Yes, I've done that. Um, but if you can avoid that, I would tell you to 
just to, to, to take your troubleshooting to the next level and determine what it is instead of guessing if you can. Okay. So we've covered, um, evaporator freezing here, low airflow will cause it any restriction in, in a, in a duct system will cause low airflow, the fan not running dirty blades, so on and so forth. Restriction in the system, plug dryer, plug metering device, or partially plugged will cause it. And low charge will also cause it. And all these conditions result to the same thing. Low evap pressure, low evap temperature. The water comes along because the surface of the evaporator is below um, or below freezing. What's, what's it going to do? It's going to stick to it and it's going to freeze. And then every other water droplet is going to come along and it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing until it grows along the suction line until uh, it hits the compressor. It's actually funny because about a month ago, we were during a, a heat wave near the end of the summer, I was walking past my house or the front of my house and I could hear uh, the two ACs, mine and my neighbor's is on the same side of the house. So if you walk down the two, the, the side, both ACs are there. And I'm like, one of those doesn't sound right. And I walked over and it wasn't mine because that's the one I went to first. <laughs> Make sure And my neighbor's, the suction line was frozen. The compressor was frozen, like, I don't know, a, a good chunk of the way up. And they're new. They just moved in and did renos. And I'm like, I bet you their filter is plugged up. And so I knocked on the door, couldn't get a hold of them. Um, so the next day I, I seen, I seen the lady pull up in, in her car and I said, listen, your AC's frozen. Uh, do me a favor, go inside, just shut it off, leave your fan running, just turn your AC off at your thermostat and pull your filter out. I bet you it's plugged. And she goes, I'll check that and let you know if it's any different. She never, uh, had, had come over and, and said she needed help. So I figured that solved the problem because their AC was back up and running the next day. So that's what caused that freeze up was a, a super plugged filter due to renovations. Um, so guys, keep an eye out for this on your service calls and I hope this information helps. Thank you to the master group. Once again, I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.